0: You're listening to Welcome to Eloma, a podcast for highly ambitious dreamers who get shit done. I'm your host, Kylie Peters. This is a space where we talk about wrestling with our authentic self. Now, this is something I've been exploring at length over the last 18 months. And Uh, in full transparency, I've been struggling with how honest to be in certain situations with who and when. And for me, I feel like honesty and authenticity go hand in hand in most cases. Um, However, I feel like as a leader, I think it can sometimes be a bit of a blurry line on how much to share feel in fear of potentially failing your team. Um, So I'm excited to get into this with today's guest, which is, today's guest is Jessica Zweig, founder of Simply Be Agency, author of Be a No Bullshit Guide to Increasing Your Self-Worth and Net Worth by Simply Being Yourself, and co-host of the Simply Be podcast, she's a Forbes Forbes expert on personal branding and authenticity. And I know she's also been through the ringer this past year. So I'm excited to get into it. I've been a fan of Jessica's for the better part of a decade, had the privilege of meeting her earlier this year, and she's been an incredible inspiration to me, my agency, my career, and my personal brand. So without further ado, welcome to Eloma, Jessica. Thank you
1: so much for having me. I loved meeting you in person at the beginning of this year and to have you know the opportunity to come on your podcast, which is I think a total evolution of everything you were working on when we met in February. And yep. it was just very, very cool, very full circle, very honored to be here.
0: Well, I'm super pumped to have you. Um, so let's go ahead and dive into it. Uh, in the conversations I've had with so many owners, it seems to be a bit of a common theme this past year of 2021, uh, that it's been challenging. So I know there are a lot of people reinventing themselves, trying to figure out what really matters and are trying to make, and in many cases are making some big changes. So tell me a little bit about what this last year has been like for you. Well, <laughs> I Da-da-da. have so much to say.
1: I know this is so, so timely, this con- question and this conversation, yep. like real time time timely. So, you know, I think if you're a leader of a small business or an entrepreneur of a big business, if you're just a leader of people, I think that the pandemic was like the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. Like we all went in. I love it was that. real fucked up. <laughs> now we're like out. We're like, what What the fuck was that? And we're, we're just now What's kind of happening? Where are grouping. we? What's happening? What's reality? Was this reality? How is our reality shaped based on that warped reality? Yep. And everyone is never the same. And when it comes yeah. to how you run a business and dealing with culture and- work from home expectations and employee ex voice and compensation and the great resignation or is it the great reshuffling and everyone wanting to, you know, ha- flex their own identity which God bless, right? And there's a whole yep. new level of like consciousness in the world because we all took a beat but we all experienced trauma. And yep. the leaders are the ones during that crazy Lion, the Witch in the wardrobes were unfortunately the ones trying to, who had to hold it all together and survive, and now we're on the other side and it's it's like really hard. If so I'm gonna to be totally honest with you. Like we're talking real, real, real time. Yeah. It's been hard for me to not feel bitter for mm. how unaware and at times ungrateful <laughs> um, your team can come across we all dealt with things. Every single person in the world experienced their own trauma during our shutdown, quarantine, the fear of dying, right? Losing jobs, all of the things. The amount of risk and self-sacrifice that leaders had to do during that yeah. time, especially small business owners had to do during that time. Um, the amount of risk and self-sacrifice that actually happens on a daily basis as a leader um, that is not ever seen, Um, therefore cannot be appreciated. It it wears on your soul. And it, you know, I was at dinner last night with some fellow founders, female founders. And one of them told me that a month ago they did their like quarterly offsite and it Mm -hmm. was all on Zoom because they're virtual. And there are 40 people, she's got 40 people. And they surprised the entire company with a 5% raise all at once. Wow. And there was no rea- there was, right? Wow. Which cost hundreds of thousands of dollars for yes. her. And nobody said, thank you. Nobody said, thank you. Yeah, I know. That was my, my oh, thoughts. And that
0: hurts my soul.
1: Me too. And so, I th- and I think, you know, in many ways, I try to have grace. I try to lead from love. I don't try to lead from love. I do. And I do my own work. And I just try and see people as people with, you know, their own lives to, to care for, and no one's really ill-intended or malicious. But there's just a level of, there's so many things that people don't see. And mm-hmm. and there are even more things to navigate in a post-pandemic world. Mm-hmm. Like I just imparted a work from home policy to to be more flexible because that's what, many of my staff wanted, well, not all of my mm-hmm. staff wanted that, but many of them mm-hmm. did. So those that didn't are upset about it. And it's like, you, you just don't at the times know where to go because you have to it's a lose take lose everyone lose into account. It's in a lose-lose. So lose. It's a lose-lose. So yeah. where I am today to answer your question is really just breathing through the, the experience of evolution and expansion as a leader, as my business grows with People and problems, more money, more problems is a true thing. Biggie Small said that once. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, That's a fact. And so just breathing and um, ensuring that I take care of myself through the people. Like I don't have, you know, I'll have a big team. I have a big world, but I would say I, I really only have like four or five people that are like inner, 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 close to me in a daily basis and I lean on them and love them and they keep me sane. And also to do my own spiritual work, as you know, and and focus on joy in different ways. Like I love to write, I love to paint, I love to dance, I love to be creative, I love to travel. Like putting those practices in place as strategies um, Mm -hmm. for my success and thriving are are also things I actively do. So that's, I mean, that's real time kind of where I'm at.
0: Yeah, Um, okay. Side question: Uh, I didn't know you like to paint. What do you like to paint?
1: I wouldn't say paint, draw. I mean, I do like water. Yeah, I do like watercolor pencils, like markers. I have a sketchbook. Oh my god, I'm obsessed. My paintings look like, or my drawings look like I'm, you know, twelve. But that's okay.
0: Um, but kudos to you for being you and still having hobbies. Like that's hard. <laughs> Good yeah, job. <laughs> it is.
1: I don't have much time for them. But like, you know, I have to I have to overschedule my life is so overscheduled. Yeah. So I I actually schedule writing time. I schedule Good. dance time. I schedule nature time. You know, I don't get much of it. It's typically my weekends. Yeah. But um, you know, at least I get it and it's okay. Like I I am here for the the lessons that this chapter in my life and career are teaching me. Mm-hmm. And tell myself all the time that like wherever I'm going and evolving to, like I'm exactly where I need to be.
0: So what lessons are you being taught right now? I
1: am being taught. Okay, so you know, you follow me, you know my vibe and I'm a very I spiritual person. <laughs> I I believe I'm here to spread the light be the light know the light show the light teach the light right that's mm-hmm. really what i'm here to do um and one of the biggest vehicles for the light is love just really showing up in your heart and so what lessons am i learning right now kylie is how to really walk my own walk mm. like i can say i'm highly evolved spiritual loving kind soul light worker and on a daily basis i i'm I get stressed. I get my buttons get pushed. I'm frustrated with this team member or that client or this troll or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. And so how can I show up with wisdom, a higher wisdom and be a loving presence, whether energetically for that person, whether they feel it or not, like really allow myself to switch into a perspective that allows for humanity and compassion in a situation I am challenged with and impart that onto myself at the same time. And that is an active practice. Like I I was mm-hmm. struggling with a situation over the weekend and I was so angry about something and and I did not like the way that the other parties in the situation were acting and instead of being angry at them I was able to see them more wholly and mm. understand they're they're in fear, they're they're feeling criticized and rejected and upset. And so they're acting out because they're not fully, you know, seeing themselves, you know, as divine as neither am I, you know? And so instead of being angrier, I can say, I can be compassionate that they're shut down and operating from a place of fear. I don't have to meet them there. And so That's a real lesson. Like I'm writing my second book right now, so it's also helping me. Yes, and I'm like, how can I, how can I be a teacher of this shit if I'm not living it? And so
0: that's that's a lesson. It's happening, which is fair, and I appreciate that. And that's like such an incredible level of self awareness. But you are still human, Mm -hmm, you know. Totally. So I think you know, and I to wrap that back to our like theme of today's conversation of authenticity and leadership. You know, I think. my experience is it's it's a balance between being very self-aware so that you can understand your honesty and your authenticity, but then making those decisions just like you mentioned, as to how you're going to show up and and how yeah. you're going to react and respond and what you can control, et cetera. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I think one of the lessons that I'm also learning, and I think it's part of this of like, being authentic and showing up with love and being a transparent leader and what's too transparent. (sighs) It's leaders, people with titles of leadership Mm -hmm. are just people who are equally as sensitive, maybe at times or emotional as everyone else. And so learning to draw emotional boundaries, mental compartmentalization, being more business and not letting people in,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, is the growth edge and it's, it's something that's become easier for me as my team has gotten bigger. Cause there are like layers and layers yeah. of people now between me and them that when they're dealing with a bad day, like it's not my bad day. I don't even know about it half the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And I shouldn't, I got bigger things I got to focus on and that's been great. But then there's still people that you work, do work closely with that, you know, you're emotionally enmeshed and you care about people and you're invested in a relationship and and so that's been a struggle for me of how how much do I really share and I and I by principle pretty been pretty transparent and vulnerable yeah. with my people and I think that it is caused created something quite beautiful at Simply Be. I think they feel good working here because of the way that I show up but i realized that there is a shadow side to that and um i'm not here to make everyone feel good all the time my mm. my expectation is that you do your job you perform you do your job well i pay you a salary that's 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 the it's a transaction and it's hard for me as a super empath you know, I was going to say like, up.
0: even hearing those words come out of your mouth feels weird, but I'm yeah. at the same time, I'm like really proud of you for saying Thank those you. because Thank that's you. hard. It is. And when you're a small business owner, you love your team. And so often we talk about our teams as like families and such. People have also said that that's can be really challenged, like detrimental in a lot of ways. And so I'm really surprised and like proud to hear you talk about like, this this real line that feels like you're you're talking about in, in your uh drawing in this invisible sand and so i'm just curious like what has happened for you over the last i don't know year year and a half that has allowed you to um, become aware enough to start drawing these boundaries and and naming that for sure i mean i think in many ways it it
1: it's happened out of necessity right so in the last year and a half my business blew up. I had a book come out in the market last year in February, which was a beautiful thing, a huge success. Mm -hmm. We had the largest revenue jump we've ever had quarter over quarter from Q1 to Q2 of 2021. The book came out in in Q1, Mm -hmm. February. And by the end of Q2, June 30th, our revenue had like grown by like almost 50% 50%, and that had never happened before in the history of our business. It It was hard. And so what happened, what has had, ne- what's needed to happen since that point, I mean, I really can point back to that being one of the biggest pivot points of our entire history was the book launch. We went from here to here and we've maintained here. I mean, we've and we've actually grown, right? Since the books, we never, right. So I had no choice in 2021 other than to staff the fuck up, right? And I had to Which hire- Which was like the worst ex- year ever to try to staff up. Exactly. Thank you. The, yes. Because the, I, w- I had been hiring slowly over the course of those five years. And then the market was on w- the, our business. We couldn't hire people fast enough because here I was making the promise to the market. Simply be agency is the place to work with or, you know, work be your partner. Mm-hmm. And the pipeline started to come in and we had no people to fulfill the promise. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't just hire anybody to fulfill mm-hmm. the promise. I had to hire good experienced, more expensive people than I had ever paid for in my life. People. And mm-hmm. people were harder, more more expensive, ridiculously more expensive than they'd ever been, and like harder to find, more particular Then I mean it was a siege, and we grew from like nine people at the beginning of twenty one to I think with the end of the year we had like twenty three twenty one i mean we we basically doubled our team, mhm, yeah, yeah. And so to answer your question about this invisible line in the sand that I've had to draw, I've just had no choice. Cause I can't emotionally, I can emotionally take care of six to 10 people as a small boutique business and feel mm-hmm. like a family, but at twenty, we're almost 26, 27 now, I don't even know. It's like, I, can, I don't have the, I do not have the emotional capacity. And I think I, I said the word bitter and I, and I don't really mean that because I'm not a better person, but like you grow you grow a thicker skin, you grow an edge where you just don't have the time to care so much about what people think of you, how people are mm-hmm. feeling. You care how people perform. That is what you need to do when you start to grow and the stakes get higher and the boats get bigger and the overhead is more expensive month to month. You yeah. know, that's, that's by necessity it's been by necessity
0: so caring about performance specifically about team members that you're responsible for um but tying it back to uh you know we're, we're talking about boundaries we're talking about leadership etc and authenticity what what do you think is the connecting thread or is there between honesty authenticity and then maybe even like leadership or personal branding, you know, when we talk about taking this like externally? Yeah.
1: It's such a good question. I mean, I think that there is, there's a fine line there as well. I think that today's work environment, the expectation is that leaders give a shit. They give a shit about (laughs) the world. They give a shit about issues. They give a shit about their people. They give a shit about their industries. They give a shit about impact. They give a bigger of a shit than just making money and driving profit. Like that is no longer uh, acceptable, right?
0: Well, and I think it's so shallow and people see straight through it.
1: Yeah, totally, exactly. And Mm -hmm. you just think about like old school, blue suit corporate America. And like, you can't get by today and work with burgeoning hot talent Strong partners and alliances get great media coverage unless you are aligned to authentic values as an organization. You just can't Mm
0: -hmm. and still
1: thrive and win. Mm -hmm. And the only way in which you can impart those values and communicate and reflect those values, in my humble opinion, my biased opinion, is through the leadership of those those organizations, right? The personal brands and platforms of those people who are leading those organizations. A company can say, we care about Black Lives Matter, but the CEO saying that we care about Black Black Lives Matter, for example, is far more compelling and authentic. I'm just aligning to an issue in the world, right? Women's rights, you know, disability. I mean, the mass market has a higher expectation today than ever before that you align to values and walk your walk, right? Mm -hmm. And I think the only way in which those messages resonate with authenticity and the vibration of believability is if that person, that leader is self-aware of who they are Mm -hmm. and their own unique why and message and purpose Mm -hmm. and energy. And so that's where personal branding really does become a powerful asset inside of your organization when you allow your leaders to be seen in that way, and you have to sort of be vulnerable, and honest, and transparent, and authentic to be believable. But that doesn't mean you have to throw it all on the table. You know, not everything is for the public domain. You know, yeah. the my mass audience doesn't need to know about the fight I had last night with my husband. And
0: that's why I'm in a bad mood today. Like that doesn't, that's not relevant. <laughs> you know, Oh well, my! like for everyone that, who had a fight with their husband last night. They're like, I get it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> right.
1: So it's just, it's a matter of being discretional, but also intentional and authentic. Yeah. And there's definitely a blend and a balance you can strike.
0: I love, so intentionality is really big for me. I a hundred percent am on, on that board. Um, but I love that you tossed in believability there. And then you also talked about vulnerability. So uh, and vulnerable leadership is something that I've been like really attached to for probably the last, I don't know, like nine months or so. I don't even know like where we are in the year anymore. But for entrepreneurs listening, what advice would you have to give as to how to show up as your most authentic self, even when it may appear as, or mean that you show up as a vulnerable leader? How do, mm. how do you navigate that?
1: I, I think that if if you're just starting this journey and you're wanting to commit to being a vulnerable leader, it's, it's baby steps first. I don't think that you can just come out the gate and after you've been a rather sort of two-dimensional figure to your team and all of a sudden sort of opening up about what you're struggling with, Mm -hmm. I think it's really micro actions, um, you know, spending one-on-one time getting to know the vulnerability of your people, making them feel like you are interested in who they are to create a space that feels organic for you to be who you are. I think that's Mm. number one. I think that, you know, create, I'm always going to go back to like creating messaging, like understanding your, your own narrative, like building your brand identity creating some content around it, coming from a place of service. So I think vulnerability without service is at times self-indulgent and emoting, right? And so when Ooh, we're-
0: creaking, I like that. Yeah. Vulnerability so, without service can be self-indulgent and emoting. Yeah, yeah. And indulgent. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, I think at the end of the day, I say this all the time, People don't care that much about you and how vulnerable you you may or no. may not be. People <laughs> care about themselves. That's just yeah. human nature. Yep. Ain't no shame in that game. That's where we're all born. And yep. when we then come from a place of, what can I do for you? What am I doing for you by being open, honest, vulnerable, authentic, transparent? When we're doing that for others, which, hey, if you're a leader, that should be, your number one motivation every single day, Mm -hmm. um, you're going to have a bigger impact and effect in your vulnerability. When people start to see that there's a, a higher reason for the way you're showing up and that you're creating a culture, creating a safe space, you're creating connection, you're creating opportunity for, for deeper relationship versus, Hey, I just want people to know how I am, who I really am. You know, like, yeah, At the end of the day,
0: no one really truly cares. Nobody cares. I love that. I think it. I think you touch on so many really important things there. Um, but but again, I, I really appreciate you calling out like there's a difference between sharing and being vulnerable to potentially emote pity or sympathy or whatever it is, right? And there's a difference between that and sharing. In a way that could be kind of scary because it's private and personal and terrifying. It was hard to go through, with the intent and the purpose of trying to connect with others, let them know they're not alone, share so they feel stronger, and you know, create that. So I love, I love how you talk about the intention behind it. And one thing I wanna I want to just pull out there because I know you have a pretty significant social following and you've been pretty vulnerable on social. And so I want to call that out because I think that's great. Um, but I think that's also a really fine line. So we talk about vulnerability and leadership, but and I can't tell you how many people I've talked to recently that are like, I hate social media. I don't want to do this. I know I have to do this, but I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> but so I wanted to ask you, like how, What? how do you, decide what is too much? How do you decide the appropriate level of vulnerability on social? I love this question. Okay, so I have a lot to say about this. All right, let's go. I have a very biased
1: opinion about it. So, okay, I'm gonna just take you back. I'm gonna use myself as the story, but this is what I've learned and the wisdom that I've experienced that I try to live on social. So I'm gonna flash back to I don't know, my late twenties, I was going through a really horrible breakup with my ex-boyfriend, like my boyfriend of my twenties, we were together for five years and we broke up and I was in a devastated place. And I was on Facebook, this was pre-Instagram and I was sharing about it, like a po- like passive aggressive, emotional, like posts on a daily basis, like trying to catch his attention, sharing w- being out with a different guy. And your best right? self, totally right. best self, yeah. For yeah, sure. kind, of, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, but not. You know, because I was a mess, <laughs> and I had a woman in my life at the time. I'll never forget this. Her name was Stephanie. Shout out to Stephanie. Remember she is? She was older than me. She was. She was more professional than me. She worked for a really big company, and I was kind of a starving little creative entrepreneur. And she pulled me aside one day, at you know an event. She's like, "I I want you to know that I'm I follow you on social media, and I I what you're doing is not a good look, like." This is not going to build the reputation that I know you want ultimately. Mm. And your processing doesn't belong on the internet. Your processing belongs in your therapist's office. Don't do that online. And I was like, Wow, that's big. It was huge. And she said to me, you know, once you process and heal from your breakup, you can come back and talk about it and give advice to other women who are going through it but you can't talk about it while you're going through it. Mm. And so bringing me you to forward day where you follow me and you say, I'm really vulnerable today. I am vulnerable today. And I always, if you pay attention to my content, I want to talk about what I share versus the way I share it. So what I share Mm -hmm. is, is typically, something I feel I have some sort of closure around or have enough wisdom behind. I'm not as charged around it that Mm -hmm. I can share it very vulnerably. And I architect my content to always leave the reader with a lesson, with inspiration, with a question for themselves, with education. It's never just about my story. It's always about let's rise together, sisters. What are let cheers to our evolution? You know, what what part of your life can you look at differently today, whatever it is. It's just, it's a little tiny anecdotal pieces mm-hmm. of copy at the end mm-hmm. of most of my, most of my posts. And then what I share, I kind of go back to that rule of thumb. Like if I'm fighting with my husband, if I'm triggered by an employee, I mean, there are things I would love to fucking talk about online because I'm in it. And I, and I don't because it's not, it's not fair to the person that I'm dealing with. Yeah. It's not classy. It doesn't, it doesn't serve me like at all, and it won't serve my audience. So I've been, there are lots of times I've wanted to get on the mic. And it's sometimes I, in my podcast, if I'm like struggling, I might have some innuendo, but I'm always talking above it versus like about it. Mm-hmm. And so it's nuanced, but I, I hope that story helped your, re- your listeners sort of frame out like the distinction and the fine lines of being vulnerable online.
0: I, no, I, I love that. And um, I think that's such a good call out because you're right, when when we're in the shit, we're emotionally charged and it is talking about it and it is processing it. And you're right, like that Stephanie was right. Like that's not helpful. That's just angry. That's just sure. like teenage angst. Exactly. And one thing I found is I keep, a, I keep my journal as like a rolling Google doc, And so when I get really worked up about stuff, I actually go into this rolling journal, Google doc, and I just like word vomit all of my shit all over the place. And sometimes I surprise myself. I'm like, hey, I think I just found a nugget in here. Like, I'll just be like, why did so-and-so say, so-and-so, and this doesn't make any sense. And they're wrong about that, but maybe they were right about that. And maybe I should think about that. Oh shit, they were right about that. Oh, you know, but it's like, for me, I like to write it out and work through it, but yeah, do that on your own time and then bring the golden nuggets back and share that. Yep. Yeah. That's what
1: social's for. It's, it's value creation and connection and we can't create value or create connection if we're being self-indulgent.
0: Yeah. Um, another question about social for you. So I, uh, a couple months ago, Brene Brown, came on social and was like, I'm taking a hiatus. we we'll be back. And I was like, hold tight. Jessica did this earlier this year. Brene did this. And I was like, this is amazing. If Jessica and Brene can do this, I'm going to do this. But I want to talk a little bit about your decision to vocally say, I'm taking a break from social. And then you came back. Like what was behind that decision and what prompted the return, if you will? Yeah. So I've lived
1: my life on social media since 2008. Literally. Mm-hmm. Never once. I got on Facebook in 2008. Then it was Twitter. Then it was Instagram. Then it was LinkedIn. Then it was Pinterest. Then it was Snapchat for a while. And I just, you know, homed in on my, my channels, Instagram, LinkedIn mainly, mm-hmm. but I haven't taken a fucking break in since 2008. So then you kind of look at my career in like a roadmap, and I would say one of the t- highest peaks, if you will, of my my mountainous summit was 2021 when I launched my book. Yeah, and talk, and I had to be on social media on steroids. I went from posting yes. three to four times a week to seven times a week, constant stories, constant DMing, like a, like I had a mission to promote my book to get my book into thousands of cop ha- hands, and I and it worked. And then I found myself literally a year later, it was February of 2022 when we met. And it was, it was like, I had really not only run out of gas, but it was like net negative deficit in my gas tank. Like I was, I was burnt out. I had a full on physical burnout, depletion, mentally, emotionally, everything. And so mm-hmm. I was talking to my therapist one one of those afternoons, the end of January, early February. And it was as if like a, star from the universe like fell into my head and said my brain. And it was like, you just need to take a break off of Instagram for a while. And it was like so clear. And I didn't even think twice about it. I was like, that's got to go. I'm going to check out of that place for an indefinite period of time. And I actually talked about it very vocally. And I I have a really beautiful community over there. Like people are Mm -hmm. really engaged with me and I feel them. And I know many of them now, you know, by, by at least their social channels, but I feel a total connection to them. And I was also afraid of losing momentum and, you know, losing followers and the algorithm. Like I, I mean, that was all there, but my mental health and my sense of peace was way more, more important than any of that. And I took, I think two months off. Um, And it was like, I thought I was gonna take 30 days off, but I think I took more than that. Anyway, maybe six weeks, I don't really remember. Mm -hmm. But it was a slow tiptoeing back in, you know? And to be honest with you, I I love being back. Like I've become more inspired to create content. I feel very connected to my community and that's very nourishing to be there for that reason. I don't like how addicted I am to so the scroll
0: and like it is so watching addicting. shit. It's it's garbage it's too. So most addicting. of it is.
1: I'm like it's this is the so nacho addicting. cheese
0: doritos of social media. You like, got just...
1: you got it. It is <laughs> so nourishing. it it doesn't <laughs> offer you any nourishment. Um so but it's so addicting. <laughs> it's so addicting and and it, it also is a necessary evil in in a beautiful way because I get business from it. I grow community from yeah. it. I get, you know, I get clients there. Like they it's it's amazing. it's unbelievable the power of that place. And so I I've just, you know, I'm more in flow with it now. Like there are, there are certain days I'm on fire to create reels and content and I feel like I got to post this reel today. And then there are days where like four or five days go by and I have I don't really post anything and I don't have anxiety about it because I'm busy and I've got other priorities. And, and so it's a dance and, and I needed to take that break and that break was beautiful. I'll probably do it again sometime. Like, yeah, but I maybe won't make a big deal out of it next time. Cause it, it really is just things we sh- all of our lives should ebb and flow like that.
0: Yeah. But I, I love that because I think what you're saying without saying the exact words is like you gave yourself permission mm-hmm. to, yeah have better quote unquote balance, whatever that looks like, but you gave yourself permission to not be always on a thousand percent of the time.
1: And the truth of the matter is for those listening and myself and you, like none of us are required to be on a thousand percent. Like we, the only people who deserve a thousand percent of you are probably like two or three people who really are the closest to you in your life. Like actually that's not even true. You deserve a thousand percent of you. That's it. Yeah, Not hundreds or thousands of people who don't really know you online. As much as their energy is beautiful and well intentioned, you don't owe anything to anybody. And so I think the permission slip
0: was was huge. And yeah. I love that term. No, I, I and I think it is. It's it's huge. And I think we as owners and entrepreneurs and women fail at that a lot. And I, so I think that's big. And I appreciate you saying that. Um. One of the things that I want to call out uh, as we talk about the last year and a half and growth and success and all these things, um, I I struggled over the last year and a half because I was trying to scale my agency in a way that I realized was not authentic to me. And I had failed to define what that was. I failed to define success for myself. And then when I got really clear on it, just like the whole world fucking changed. So my question for you is how do you define success for yourself, Jessica. For Jessica or for my agency? No, for you as a human. Oh, okay.
1: Good question. Success for me is peace. Honestly, that's all I want to feel at this stage in my life. That's why I'm moving to Nashville in the next couple of years, I'm building a house in the middle of nowhere. Like I want to be able to have peace in my relationships. I want to have peace with money. I want to have peace with within my purpose and alignment with what I do day to day. I want to be able to go to sleep soundly, wake up not, not heavy. Like for me, that's success.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I am also very clear that that is an, it at times an ideal, and that will ebb and flow in and of itself. And I am willing to make certain sacrifices and allow my life to be as um, not as peaceful as I
0: want it to be for the short-term, for longer-term gain. The long-term gain, yeah. Yep. Um, And so congratulations, by the way, on making the decision and the move to Nashville. I saw you just got property and you're building your house. so, what are you looking for maybe outside of peace in nashville? like what what are you most excited about in terms of this next step of your life?
1: Well, honestly, by the time my house is done, <laughs> it'll probably be like 24, um, okay. 25, you know we're we're in no rush and probably not twenty five but twenty four. but i I really love that their, there's community of women there. I mean, I have been searching for more community of women in general. Um, The pandemic changed all of our sort of social circles, I think, Mm -hmm. to some degree. People, you know, went in different directions and people had different experiences with quarantining and wanting to see people versus not wanting to see people. And like, you know, I just kind of lost touch and things felt like things have shifted in my my girlfriend group, if you will. Mm -hmm. And yet I still really long for sisterhood. You know, it's a huge um, value in my life. I am a woman for women. I'm a girl's girl. I need girlfriends. And anyway, so to Nashville's point, there's such a beautiful community of what I would consider awake, kind, Dope women doing dope shit. Like a huge community of them down Nice. Here. <laughs> like that's amazing. I want to be a part of it. Cool. So th- that's kind of my criteria for for like connection, right? You know, like, the awake. Awake kind. and dope. Awake, kind, and dope. And doing, doing dope like, shit. Dope shit. Yeah. <laughs> 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 for me to feel like I can relate to you, you know? Like <laughs> <laughs> I wanna be able to relate on a spiritual level kind, you can't be a, a bitch. Like I am, I am I'm such so a woman. i so over I can't, no. It's I'm so, so it's, over mean girls. I'm yes. so
0: like, come on no guys.
1: Space, no space for it. For cat penis, jealousy, gossip. That is zero p- place in my life. Yeah. Um, and when I say doing dope women who are doing dope shit, I mean.
0: You mean exactly yeah. that, dope women doing yeah. dope shit. <laughs> yeah,
1: like that's what I mean. That's what I mean.
0: Cause I, I like I to be inspired. It. I love it, I love it, I love it. Um, oh my gosh, so amazing. Uh, I wanna see if I can get like one fun fact out of you that there, you have so much content out there, so I'm sure there's so many things that people know, but I'm wondering if there's something that people probably don't know about you, but is essential to your authentic state of being. Like a fun fact that like...
1: Fun fact about me.
0: That people um, don't know. I have people don't know. God, I'm such an open book. I know, um, so this might be tough, but I figured I'd try.
1: Um. Okay, wait, I mean, how personal do you want me to get? As personal as I
0: possibly Girl, can Girl, you can go wherever you want. Go for it. <gasps> um, okay. I mean,
1: gosh, I'm such an open book. This is gonna be really fucking random and it's, it might be shocking. Good. <laughs> so I'm, I'm upset. I like, I, so I went on a juice cleanse like um last year. I t- went back again this year. Was it the Baja ma- thing? The Baja cleanse. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it was life-changing. It's like one of the most ep- epic experiences of my life. I went last year, I went again this year. And last year, our first year I went, I learned um, about coffee enemas and they are the most magical health hack ever, and I'm abs- I do them on a regular basis. I like do a, a coffee enema on, on myself at least once a week.
0: Okay, I'm sorry that I have <laughs> to ask this question, but I'm gonna need you to explain what the hell a coffee enema is. <laughs> so I'm so sorry, I, knew... I gotta ask. Okay, so first of all, <laughs> let me let me take you back to what why it's, why yeah, it's magical, okay. why I
1: believe in that. So our health is completely determined by our gut, right? Like our gut, our digestive system is our second brain mm-hmm. and you can learn everything you need to know about your, your health based on like your poop, tra- like truly like what's going on in your gut. And I have had horrible autoimmune triggers and issues my whole life mm-hmm. and it plagued me. I was, I mean, uh, uh, terribly sick on medication, surgery, and when I turned to holistic modalities and learned to heal my body from the inside out, my life mm-hmm. changed. And so I've become obsessed with like all things wellness and yeah, you know, diet and food and what we put into our bodies as well as how well it comes out of our bodies is a huge part of our is a huge foundation to our entire well being. And so I'm sure you've heard of colonics. Are You familiar with colonics? No.
0: What? Oh, why Kylie. don't you just educate?
1: What? <laughs> colonics are like basically a spa for your, your intestines. So you go to somebody who's a colon hydrotherapist. They stick a tube up your butt and they like cleanse your, your um, colon with like water flushes essentially. Okay. So a coffee enema is something you can do at home. You basically brew a specific organic coffee with water, organic distilled water. And you basically self, um, you cleanse your colon yourself through a coffee enema bag. And the reason why coffee is so powerful is because it actually, the way the enemas work, stimulate your liver, which is your most detoxifying organ in your body.
0: Interesting. Mm -hmm.
1: And so when you do a coffee enema, you're not only purifying your colon, but you're actually stimulating your liver to purify all of the toxins in your body. And it helps. I mean, cancer patients do it. People with autoimmune diseases do swear by them and um, they help, Really, not only purify your system, but they help to really elevate your mood, your energy. They change your entire attitude. Like, I feel like a million dollars when I do them. It changes my 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 spirit as much as my physical body. And I really, really, I never thought I could stick a tube up my own butt, <laughs> but I <laughs> learned. That it's it's just another really skill you can add tool. to your resume. You know, I mean, I, you've got listeners who are like, "Holy shit, this girl's crazy!" And then I guarantee that there are people listening to me, like, "Yep, I know; those are those are legit." So, I, I mean, if, you, if you're willing to do some right research, now. it will change your life. And it was one of those things I never thought I could ever do, and um, I that they're like a staple in my health regimen. Well, so there you go, Kylie. That's something that I never fucking
0: talk about, but now I do, and I'm no shame I about it. Feel so. very honored. I feel very honored. You asked. I'm like i, did. I have such an open book. And you what did can it. I tell her that people don't know. Hot and shit, and man! Holy go. cow, you did it! Wow, thank you for, for that. that. Now I'm You're gonna welcome. go Google so many things. <laughs> I just got so many things. Go down the rabbit hole. My, my, uh, my, my,
1: my retreat host in Baja told me she wants to write a book and she wants to call it "Coffee Animas for World Peace." Because oh god, because okay people walk around,
0: we're so fucking angry, we're so yeah, stuck coffee, up, and coffee animals like, like, for a world peace. Coffee for Everyone a world just stick peace. a tube up your butt, everything will be fine. Everyone will be happier, we'll be more awake, we'll be more kind, and we'll oh. all be doing dope shit. Dope shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, amazing. I had no idea that would tie back like that. That's amazing. Uh oh my gosh, Jessica, you're the best. Um, all right. My last question for you, cause I know we got to let you go, but bringing it back, what is your greatest insight or discovery about life and entrepreneurship?
1: Oh my God, this is so good. That's a big question. What is my greatest discovery about life and entrepreneurship?
0: And if um, you say coffee enemas, like that's fine. <laughs> but you know, if you have another response, that's also equally fine. <laughs> I would
1: say that my greatest discovery is also my greatest opportunity and real time lesson, which is entrepreneurship is life's deepest, most challenging, and most profound personal growth school. And it is a daily test of your self-awareness, your power, your patience, your confidence, your worthiness. It is the ultimate human upgrade. And I think that if you're willing to uh, be graceful with yourself and remember that this whole thing, when when I say this whole thing, I mean, life is just a hologram. Um, You can have a lot more fun with it. And that is also its own challenge. But with that, I will say that your business and therefore your career will only grow and expand to the which to the degree in which you will, you personally mentally spiritually expand. And so that's that's what I've learned.
0: Game on, man! Love it, love, I love you. It. You're I love amazing. You. You're so sweet. Oh I'm so happy could... you had me on your show. I could gush about you forever, forever, but you're a busy lady, we gotta let you go. Um, Jessica, thank you so much for being a guest on Welcome to Eloma. If anybody else wants to be healthily obsessed with you in the way that I am, what's the best way, healthily, like that's, don't be a creeper. Um, What's the best way to get in touch or find you? Best way to get in touch or find me
1: is to You can go to simplybeagency.com to learn about my company and involved there if you're interested. You can go to my personal website, jessicasweig.com where you can learn a little bit more about my book. I've got some online courses over there and you can find me on Instagram where I do spend most of my time and I'm just at jessicasweig over there, my full name.
0: Amazing. You are uh, just a delight. You are just a delight. Thank you so much for being on the show. And for all the listeners out there, if you enjoyed this episode, please go ahead and leave a review wherever you're listening. Jessica, thank you again.
1: Thank you, Kylie. I can't
0: wait to hear this and I love you and I'm always in your corner. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Back at you. To continue learning how to better build your business, and make your vision a reality, subscribe to the Welcome to Eloma email list at welcometoeloma.com.